podcast where we cast the light of God into a dark world. My name is Amy Myers and I share insights and discoveries that God shares with me. It is a way to bring light into your days or any dark things that you might be experiencing as a way to just find a way to grab onto some light, make your days better and hopefully progress forward with greater and greater light in your days. Today, I'm going to be talking about pressing forward. In my various prayer times in the last few weeks, I think probably throughout the year, but especially the last couple of weeks, I've just felt this sense of heaviness on so many people. Many people are beginning to be free from the things that have weighed them down over time, but there's a sense that there's a a sloshing along and a hardship and just feeling as though we're still stuck in so many circumstances. So it was interesting when the Lord, um, I pressed God about this, just saying, God, what, how may I understand what's, what your heart is or what's happening or how to pray for people in this time period? And he whispered to me, um, Psalm 38. And to my surprise, it's about a lot of struggles, but what happened next is something that I want to share with you as a way to press forward. And this whole concept of pressing forward, even in our difficulties right now, is to be trusting in the Lord, but press forward in what he's showing us. So he took me to Psalm 38, and this is filled with difficulties. Um, The man named King David, King David, recorded this psalm many um, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. And I'm going to read a few elements, pick out a few pieces of it so you can see where his struggle is and then my reaction when I'm reading through this. So one, God confirmed that yes, he sees the struggles and he took me to Psalm 38. And for instance, Psalm 38:12 says, those who seek my life lay their snares or traps. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate on treachery all day long. And then in verse 15, it says, Lord, I wait for you. You will answer me. And then in um Verses 17 through 22, again, it's just David describing how difficult it is for him at that time. He says, I'm ready to fall. My pain is ever before me. My foes are vigorous. They hate me wrongfully, and they render me evil for the good, and they accuse me even though I follow after good. So he's struggling. He's saying, I'm doing all of these good things, yet I struggle, and I'm about to fall. And he proclaims and he calls out to God. He says, make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. So this is 38. And I'm thinking, well, God, this is tough stuff. How does that relieve suffering? And then he has me to press forward. He tells me to keep reading forward. So I read Psalm 39, which is filled with a lot of the same things, a lot of this same struggle. And I'm pressing. He says, keep pressing forward. And then he presses me forward to Psalm 40. And there's lots of layers to this, but at first, Psalm 40 is titled, My Help and My Deliverer. And this is the part where David is proclaiming after all of these struggles, and even though the struggles aren't completely over, that God has rescued him. This is, that, this is saying that the Lord is there, that David waited patiently for the Lord, and he describes it this way. He turned to me, meaning God turned to me, heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him, in God. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods, 
So he's telling us, don't turn away to what other people are trying to tell you. Trust in God. Trust in God. And then he continues, David continues, many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. So what I offer to you at this point um, is that section, but then God continues to have David proclaim this goodness. But as I want to pause in this moment to say, God showed me that there are struggles. We are having struggles. We are feeling pressed down in so many different ways. Perhaps you can't even comprehend. You just feel it. And God is saying, yes, I recognize we are in this pressing down time. But what I'm taking you toward is toward rescue, toward moments where nothing can compare with what God will do, that we will be able to speak and tell of God's great and mighty deeds, too many to declare. As we trust in him, we don't look to those who are proud or haughty or are false in what they're saying. We trust in God and we keep pressing forward because this is where he's taking us, to a place where we can proclaim all of this goodness. So he's saying, hang on, hold on, don't give up. I see your struggle, but turn to me and trust me because Psalm 40 continues to say, May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you, being God. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. And then he ends, David ends with a reality, but an attitude that we can learn from. As for me, I am poor and needy, meaning in, in our hearts, we're, we're pressed down. But the Lord takes thought for me. For you are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. He's describing here that God takes thoughts of you. He thinks about you. He sees you. He recognizes the hardship. And he's telling us that he is our salvation and that he is going to do wondrous things. Now, for some of you, maybe um, who have walked in Christian circles for a, a good bit of time, but maybe there are some in Christian circles that declare, oh, this is for later. This is for much, much later. This is for eternity. And part of that is true. And I've spoken about this previously, but God's hope and God's rescue and God's salvation and God's ability to step into our lives and change things is not just for eternity. It's for now as well. God is a living, active God. He participates in our lives. And what he asks of us is to turn to him seek his wisdom and understanding about how to walk forward in the struggle, to recognize there are times in the earth when things are harder and times when things are lighter. And I do believe and I know that God showed me a couple of years ago that there is this beautiful light of God coming upon the earth and part of it will rise out of us and rise within us and out of us that we can proclaim the light of God and live in the light of God. But he's also going to be doing something fascinating and interesting and great that is coming. And I wish I knew more, but God just tells us little bits. And so I offer that hope to you that God is bringing light. He's bringing us into Psalm 40. And that's the second part of what God turned my eyes toward when he sent me to Psalm 38, 39, and 40. He reminded me that 38 and 39 were the struggle, but 40 is the victory. 40 is the place where we are rescued. And if we look at 40 in the Bible, we can see two very distinct moments of when these things happened. But 40 
when they when God rescued the Israelites out of Egypt after being in slavery for 400 years, God brought them out and then they grumbled and didn't believe all of the things that God had done for them or showed them. And so he had them go through a period of trial, 40 years in the wilderness where they were unable to go into the promised land, the place where he took them. But at 40 years, he brought them in and they were ready to listen to God and to worship God and to listen to the things that he asked them to do. And even their first battle was something strange. God told them you were to take this city filled with giant, large people that 40 years ago, you were afraid to take. But what I want you to do is walk around the walk around the city for seven days, for six days, I want you to walk around the city one time. And on the seventh day, I want you to walk around seven times and then proclaim and shout and I will knock the walls down. So this is not a common battle strategy because God is saying, I am doing something that may not make sense to you, but I've got a plan and I've got power behind it. So stay with me, trust with me and know that I am going to do wonders and things that he has planned for us that none can compare with anything that humans can do. But he will use us as a way to speak of the deeds, to tell of the things that he's done, and to declare the things that God has done. So this is where he's taking us. But I don't want to leave you in this place of saying, okay, just press forward because something's coming. Because I feel like there's there's this heaviness. And, and Jesus came... Um, when he was walking the earth, when he began his ministry, he proclaimed that the reason that he was here, the reason that he had come in, in the human form, fully God, fully man, he said that the spirit of the Lord is upon him because he, was, he had come to proclaim the good news to the poor, both poor in spirit and poor in, in financial ways. He sent Jesus was sent to proclaim liberty to the captives, recover sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And this is a quote from Isaiah 61 that he is proclaiming for himself, and he's declaring that he came to set the captives free. And again, he came to set the captives free for eternity, but for now. So I believe and I know in my heart that God is doing this again. He does it continually, but he also is doing it again in a big way. So I suspect that many of you are beginning to walk away from a lot of things that have trapped you before and that God is moving in your life and pulling you out of some of these circumstances or even heart traps that have kept us weighed down for so very long. He's pulling us out of that. But the part I want to just declare and to describe again for you, a reminder that even though God is setting us free and pulling us out of these places that have weighed us down, perhaps it's it's thoughts about others, or maybe we can't quite forgive, or maybe we are just have a difficulty seeing things in a positive way. Um, God wants to rescue us from those thoughts of, of, of that are negative and hard and oppressive and saying that you can't do this, you can't do this. There, there is no goodness in the world. There's, there's no goodness that can be seen. He doesn't want us to live in that depressive state of mind. He wants to take our thoughts. He wants to turn our thoughts. And we can have two choices. We can stay in the wounds that hold us down, or we can turn to be free and reset us toward a direction of freedom with God, freedom that brings peace and freedom from 
both of the things of our past that we chose to do or things that were done to us. Because the more those things hold us down, the, the more heavy our journey is forward. And God is saying, I want to remove all of that heaviness from you. And I want you to walk forward in freedom. But we have the choice to let those things come off of us. And I believe that God is doing that in so many people's lives right now. And I believe that so many people are still wondering why they're struggling. And so what I'm declaring uh, describing to you is that the devil doesn't give up easily. He's had us bound. If you think of uh, somebody who has held somebody captive, even for instance, the Israelites, when Moses brought them um, out of Egypt, the captors, those who control people or hold people captive don't give up lightly and in the spiritual realm the devil doesn't give up ground that he's worked hard to hold you into he's not going to give that up lightly too so we can't do this in our own strength but we can choose that as we walk toward being free and having God remove so many of these things that have attached to us over time that we can move toward freedom, but we have to know the strength of who got us out and who's going to carry us forward and protect us against what the enemy is going to try to do to pull us back in. So I feel like a lot of us are in that stage right now where there is struggle even once you've been set free because um, the, 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 the enemy keeps coming after you. For instance, when we're reading here in, in Psalm 38, this section where David is saying, um, my pain is ever before me. My foes are vigorous. They are mighty. And many are those who hate me wrongfully. They render me evil for good and accuse me because I follow after good. So this is, he's moving toward good. He's proclaiming good, but there are still foes that are vigorous against you. So please take heart. Please take heart. I offer this as an encouragement to press forth, press forth, hold on to the good, hold on to the good things that God is teaching you. Hold on to those wonderful things of God, which look like this, kindness, peace, gentleness. Those are the types of things that are who God is. We look at the fruit of the Spirit. This is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. In other areas, we see how Jesus walked in compassion, and he had a heart to heal and a heart to help. Those are things of God. The things that are not like that, animosity, anger, malice, slander, all of those types of things, those things are not of God. And so we want to set those things to the side and not walk along with those things. We want to walk toward the goodness of God. And you find it in its purest form. When we spend time with God, we can read the Bible and read the stories of Jesus and how he loved people so deeply. He had deep compassion for people. He had deep patience for people, but he also wanted to reset them and turn them toward the true things of God and not the lies that have been spread. Because at that time, there were a lot of religious leaders that were speaking things about God that weren't true of God. They were saying that people had to do all of these certain things in order to be right with God, and they had to make all of these sacrifices, had to pay all of this money, and had to do all of these man-made ideas about what they had added to religion. And Jesus came to say, that is not who God is. That is not God's love. That is not God's everlasting love. That is not God's compassion. So Jesus came to proclaim as I mentioned before, the good news is that good news is that God loves you. The good news is that God sent his son to free you from your sin. 
And when we turn our hearts to him, we can be free from sin. We can, be li- we can have the liberty that he's proclaiming. We no longer have to be captive to those things that weigh on us, that harm us. And these are sins that we commit, but they're also sins of things that people have put upon us that we've just agreed with and said, okay, I'm going to believe what that person did to me. But that's not who Jesus is. He says, I want to free you from the lies that have been spoken over your life, the lies that you have just received because you've been so broken down and beaten and trapped. And some of these are physical and some of these are emotional. And Jesus is saying, I want to give you sight to the blind, which means I want, God wants us to see with his eyes. He wants us to see with his eyes. So I just pray that you can ask God, God, help me to understand how, how do I press forward in faith? How do I press forward to trust you because my circumstances are hard? And God, if I'm not in a state of freedom, God, I ask that you would free me of my sin and the sin done against me. And I ask you that you would help me to see with new eyes what you have done for me. Sometimes we're just so weighed down we can't see. So God, I ask you to remove the lies that are blinding people's eyes from the truth of your love, the truth of how you do rescue, and the truth of how you heal our broken hearts, how you heal our wounded hearts. And you take us out and you pull us forward and you draw us close to you. I had an image, and perhaps this is something um, that you can capture in your heart to understand how um, how sometimes it's really hard, and but that God is there to rescue you, and he is there to offer help to you. And we do this through the life of Jesus, the trusting in Jesus and his spirit inside of us. But this image he gave me as I was praying about this, there was a big boulder, and one person was on one side and another person was on the other. And the boulder was just the, the challenge, feeling like there's a challenge not being able to get to the other side of where this freedom is. And, and I believe that the, the enemy creates a fictitious boulder in front of us, but it feels very real. So I don't want to diminish that it feels so huge and insurmountable and, uh, and unable to get past. But the image that I had was one person on one side really trying to get to the other side and then another person walks around and takes the hand of the person struggling that is in front of the big boulder and the person takes another person takes that hand and walks them around walks them around the boulder takes them around to the other side of freedom and then even another image was that the one who knew what was on the other side reached over climbed over the rock reached over and took the hand of the person that was standing before the insurmountable boulder and they lifted them up and out and helped them get over the boulder and sometimes we have to be the hand that goes over the boulder and says, I will help you up. And sometimes we have to be the hand that will go around what we see as an obstacle too, or maybe we see somebody in a life that is just so broken that we don't know how to reach them. We have to go around it, go past what we might see and put out your hand and say, I'll help guide you to freedom. I'll help guide you to that place where you can be free. Or maybe we have to climb over it. Sometimes you're the one who needs the help and perhaps you can pray to God and say, God, will you give me the hand of someone to help guide me out of this, to walk alongside with me in a human form, someone that you send to me that can help me walk out of it. And I'm also just asking that you would say, God, help me to feel the way that David feels, 
Help me to understand what this really means. Help me to put my trust in you. Help me to understand that you are coming for me, that I can speak of your faithfulness and salvation because you actually do it. So I ask you to ask God for that hand, and I ask you for his hand to reach down and to hold you and to pull you around or to pull you over the struggle. Take you out of the Psalm 38 and 39 portion and take you into the victory, the victory of Psalm 40, the the time when God is your help and your deliverer. He helps you and he delivers. And I pray that we can have these people in our lives and we can be that to someone else because of what God has done in our lives and because of what God wants us to do for others, but also to say, I'm in that place, but there's freedom, God, and I want that freedom. God, would you please take me to that place of freedom? Perhaps you don't know how to do it, but you can reach up. And there's one last image that I... Um, want to leave with you and this is a story in the New Testament and it's a story in one of the Gospels it's an account a couple of different places but there's uh, the, the disciples are in the boat these are the ones that are following Jesus are recorded as following Jesus by name and Jesus had stayed behind on the land and they had cast out on their boat and they were in the middle of the night and there's 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 um it's dark middle of the night and the disciples see Jesus walking on the water so Jesus is walking out to them and some of them think it's a ghost and and one of them Peter says lord if that's you tell me to come out to you so tell me to come out to walk on the water with you and and he tells him to come and Peter starts walking and this is a story many of you have likely heard. Um, Peter's walking on the water, walking on the water, defying all normal physics, right? So he's walking on the water to Jesus, who's also walking on the water and not sinking in any possible way. So he gets to him, but as he's walking toward Jesus, he starts to be distracted by the wind and the storm and the circumstances, and he begins to sink. So the next part is something I feel like people pass over a lot because people immediately jump to the part of the story where Jesus has pulled him up and says, you have had little faith. And I feel like people so often declare, you've got to have more faith before Jesus can help you. You've got to have more faith, which is true. We do want to fix our eyes on God and see him because he is our only hope and our only help. But I want you to see the item that is in the passage that I think is really important for those who struggle is sometimes the storm is so intense that we do start to sink, but Jesus didn't leave Peter there. And the part of the scripture I want you to hear is that Jesus reached down immediately. The word is immediately. Jesus reached down and lifted him out of the water. He didn't speak. um, Jesus didn't say, oh, have more faith and then I'll rescue you. He didn't even say that. He immediately in God's compassion, reached down and lifted him up. Now we've got to hold onto that hand. We've got to grab that hand that is coming down for us because if we, when we grab the hand, he pulls us up and then he walks us toward faith. But we do have to put our hand up to be rescued. But I want you to remember that Jesus rescued first. He immediately rescued us, rescued Peter immediately when he was down, when he was beginning to sink. And then he said, let's have more faith. And then he got him back into the boat. So he rescued him immediately, pulled him up, and then he gave him the scripture lesson. And then he walked with him or immediately got him to the boat. So he not only 
lifted him back up from sinking, but he took him back to the safety of the boat. I think these are very significant steps that we can look toward and that we can remember, just like the image that I saw of the big boulder and the person, one person on one side and one person on the other. God wants us to grab the hand, hold the hand, take the hand of God and say, God, rescue me because you are my only help and my only salvation. I know you will in all that I'm facing. So I ask you today and I pray for you today that you would lift your hand and say, God, rescue me. And if God has already rescued you, I pray that you would take that hand and you would look for someone that God says, rescue that person, take their hand and bring them to the other side where they can see me. May we be a people who know that God immediately wants to reach his hand and rescue us. And may we also be the one who immediately wants to help others as God has helped us. And so I pray for each one of you today that you may reach up your hand to God and ask Jesus to rescue you and take you to the place of safety. And I ask you each to also pray, God, will you open my eyes to see your hand? Will you open my eyes and give me eyes to see, but a heart that is willing to go to that place, even if I don't know how to do it? And thirdly, when you do rescue me, God, or if you've already rescued me, would you let me see others that I can help rescue? For God is good and God is mighty and he has good things that he has planned. And even in the struggle and even in the pressure right now, whether it's in our world or in your life, God is taking us to the fullness of his rescue where we can proclaim, where we can look to God and say, Lord God, the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us, many are they, and none can compare with you. And were we to speak and tell of your mighty deeds, there would be too many to declare. So God, I praise you in advance and I proclaim in advance, there are going to be so many wonders and so many things that you have done that we can proclaim in our lives and that we can proclaim with those around us. And God, I pray that this would press forth in truth and light and mercy and power, God. May you bring this beauty upon the land and may you bless each person this day. And may they know that their help comes from you, but they can trust you and they can reach for you and hold on to you because you are taking them into this place of wondrous deeds that we can point to and proclaim. For God, you are mighty, you are good, and we love you. 